Welcome to the second part of our podcast with Victorina Maris of the Sub Beacon. If you enjoy the content with Victorina Maris here, please go back in our archives and find episodes with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch, the other hosts of the Sub Beacon. We thank all three of them for coming on the podcasts, enduring our questions, and having a laugh with us. Uh, enjoy the show. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Uh, we have solicited questions from people about what, what do they want to ask Vic about. Wow, that's scary. Okay. And one of the things that they really want to know is about a bachelor Vic working at the Weekly Standard. <laughs> and uh, Is this a Jonathan Last question? Because it sounds like it is. <laughs> I mean, it could be, but, but it's not. It's you know, like okay. people are interested in what kind of adventures did Vic get up to <laughs> uh, in his early days in D.C.? I, I drank a lot. And I mean, I still do. <laughs> but uh, I remember... But my so I, my, my drinking prowess, it was so impressive, my drinking prowess uh, back in the day. I'll tell you one. Uh, we, back in, oh, gosh, late 90s, you know? So this is when I was maybe 24. Um, and um, I was working as, at that point, I might have been uh, an assistant editor at the time or 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 John Podhoritz's executive assistant. But um, went back up to Jersey to hang out with my crew on the Jersey Shore and my friend Sue had this Jersey great, she, the Jersey Shore, and she she rented out a bar, um, which is no longer there. It was called Public House, like the pub, uh, Public House on the shore. And get this, $25, $25 all you can drink anything between the hours of five and nine. Sounds like a challenge to me. It was. They're closed. It was. Uh, it's shocking that they're closed. That's that's right, Chris. Uh, and so you know, anything, any shelf, any shelf. So I remember starting off. I, we might have foolishly started off with a beer or something, you know. And then you had, and yeah, uh, maybe we'll start off with a shot. And then you know, five to nine. You know, it's like oh, four hours. Somehow somebody starts yelling things like, okay, only two hours left. And the next thing you know, somebody yells one hour and you have this frantic feeling that, that, you know, you're not going to be drunk and not get your quote money's worth. That's right. Hey, your money's money worth is $25, $25. Oh, I'm not going to get my money's worth. I better oh drink gosh. more. And everybody at, uh, do you do profanity on the show or no? Yes. I mean, uh, uh, at some point in time, you know, with one hour left, everyone's like, fuck the mixed drinks. I just have to have shots. We're just doing shots, you know? And so for the next 30 minutes, they're yelling, everyone's doing shots for 30 minutes, 15 minutes. What is a red death tequila? I don't care. And it was like really crazy. And all of a sudden you looked around and people started falling. They were like dropping like flies. And next thing you know, there was a line to the bathroom and it was oh like layers of people over one toilet, you know, men's room, ladies room. My one friend almost lost it right on the foosball table. I mean, you know, and I mean, there was a, there was a cake eating contest and it was so awful. And, 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 and the workers there told our friends, he said they had never met a bigger group of alcoholics. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and you're and like so became, much food poisoning. Like, that was so who, who's your chef, Chris? It was the cake. The cake did the me cake. in. 
the kick to hmm. me in. And you're like, I, you were just grabbing shots from anywhere because you were so nervous. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to, you know, get enough to drink. <laughs> and, uh, and that became known as the Saturday night massacre <laughs> among our friends. And the crazy thing is nobody took pictures. It was the strangest thing. We, we love taking pictures. I love taking pictures. I no one had an instamatic. Time. We didn't have time to take pictures. We had to drink. You only had four hours. <laughs> we only had four hours. Five to nine is nothing. So that's a little glimpse into my life back then. Okay. I mean, you'll either find it really, really disgusting or aspirational. I don't know. But, but so, so later in life, uh, (laughs) at one point, Sonny was leaving the weekly standard. Yeah. Were, were, were you part of his going away festivities? Oh, Sunny Fest? Yeah, I think the only one I felt terrible. The only one who probably wasn't part of Sunny Fest was maybe Jonathan of all people. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, but, you know, and Jonathan, I mean, like we, you know, I mean, we we drink, you know what I mean? And and, and Jonathan is much more well-behaved. I'll put it to you that way. You know what I mean? He, he, has, he, he cares about, you know, control over his body versus like me, you know, and things like that and you know, lack of self-control. Uh, and so that was a... Um, and that was a big, fair. I might, I might've taken part in two or three of the sunny fest activities, which were always, you know, tricky. I don't know how he pulled it off either. You know, it's like, Oh, we're going out for lunch. I don't want to miss that. But I do want to say this also, you know, in my bachelor, this is also true. One of the things I did in my bachelor bachelor days was a, uh, um, uh, I used to do a bar crawl to celebrate, uh, the return of spring once a year bar crawl. And uh, what you do is you pick one street in the city, any street in the DC area, pick a street and you or, just or, or just pick any occasion, like the return of spring, you know, right, right, right. Yeah. But we tended to pick around time. It's of the March spring, 24th, the equinox. Yeah, we tried to pick the equinox. Sure, okay. And you pick a street like F street or, or Connecticut Avenue or wherever, or Pennsylvania Avenue. And you go in one direction and anywhere on that street on either side, if, the place is if the establishment has a liquor license, not just beer, but a liquor license, you had to go in and get a drink, minimum one drink, and just go as far as you can. <laughs> and for the first couple of years, the only people on that bar crawl were me and Matt Cottonetti. <laughs> and then and then Sonny. And then and then and then it got crazy. And then uh, I remember uh, the craziest is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Sherlington uh, Village in Virginia, which is like I would call it the Epcot for adults. You know, it's like it's a little it's like three blocks of little cute little restaurants and things. It's near the Pentagon or it's just past the Pentagon. And so I, 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 th- I threw that out as an idea for a bar crawl Sherlington. Everyone said it was crazy because there's only three blocks, but practically every storefront is a bar or restaurant. And so, you know, it's like by the time you turn the corner of like the second block, you know, you were just a mess. And I remember and that and that bar crawl was like it was me, Matt Continetti, Sonny Bunch, John McCormick, Mike Goldfarb and Mary Catherine Ham. And, and let me tell you something. I, I We made it all the way around. And like it was that was one for the books. That was one point. We were at a Japanese restaurant drinking, uh, you know, sake. I mean, it was it was messy. So then that's that. If people want to know what my life was like, it was stuff like that. Hearing these stories, I'm picturing Vic and not the guy who got to the island with Brooke Shields and the other dude. I'm picturing Vic <laughs> hugging the barrel of rum and swimming out into the captain. Lagoon. I'm the captain guy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. The, the, the natives kill me first. That's There's no question about that. Yeah. But, I get so, scared so, in, in not in a good way. <laughs> have you done the real drink around the world at Epcot? 
No, no. The last time I was at Epcot, I was like my high school class trip. So I haven't, you know, and, and, and so I, I would love to go back if Epcot ever opens again, people tell me about this, that they do that. And so, I mean, you're obviously talking about not a, not really a family trip, although the kids, the kids have seen me at my worst. So, I mean, maybe I can try to pull that off. My, my, although Kate usually says kids go to go upstairs. Uh, yeah. Oh no. She tells, you she tells me now. to go upstairs. She's oh, like, okay. All right. Daddy's going to go upstairs. Yeah. Uh, qu- question. Um, does Epcot have a teen only center? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It's you know what is the uh, I made a joke to Jonathan about this about the Holland American. I said, oh yeah, I like no, I yeah, a joke. Yep, a yep. joke, a joke yeah. about hanging out at Club Hal, Club Hal, and he knew what I was talking about. But no, no, what? please. So because uh, you mentioned the Disney cruises do they have a teen club that yeah, you, there's that like, you yeah, there's, but they wouldn't let you in. I <laughs> I forgot my uh, band, yeah, my, my yeah. C band. So uh, another question we got is. What what is your favorite or best weekly standard cruise story? Oh wow! You know, unlike jo- you know, Jonathan had such a, 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 a bad memories of the cruise on our last episode. But I'm telling you, he enjoyed those cruises <laughs> the way I did. Many of them. There were so many nice, really, really nice. Are those the ones where you guys did in sync, Kevin? Uh, no, no, we had our own cabin, but we did it by choice. We did it by choice that we were in the same cabin. Even they said you can have your own cabin. No, 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 no. We'll we'll save money. We'll save money, and we'll. Well, take the bunk. You, at, oh, there is no at, bunk. You're That's at, okay. When you're at sea, there's you know. Yeah, it once count. you're in international international waters, you know, it, 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 you know, it's any you can do anything pretty much. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, let's see about this. The um, the, the cruise, <laughs> the this cruise story. You know what? My favorite time. I'll just tell you what I loved is I would look at my schedule. When do I have to talk? When do I have to do this or that? And then just mark those off the list. And then I'd know, okay, for the rest of the day, or, you know, ideally the rest of the week, I'm free except for whatever. And then I'd go out and, uh, you know, just, you know, do whatever you want on the ship. And I remember at some point it was rather spontaneous, you know, there was, um, they do the morning talk and then they have lunch and then, you know, you're always whining and dining people. Uh, constantly you're constantly on uh but sometime in the early afternoon a bunch of us all got together and we just went to uh one of the many bars on the ships and man it it just got crazy and for me that's one of the fondest memories i mean everybody was there andy ferguson was there you know jonathan was there even even the hemingways were there everybody got along everybody was one big happy family i i love i i I love the cruises i i mean i get seasick a little bit but um i try to keep it together so, so we anyone had a, who's listened to the show one time would recognize that you like the cruises more than JVL. I do. Why do I, I like, I like breakfast. I like going to the gym on the cruise and I like, I like people, although it is very exhausting every night you were at a table for eight and every night it was new people and you, and by and large, the people were very nice, but every now and then you, you know, you get crazy people, you know? And the thing is I tell people, I said, remember these people paid good money, uh, not just, to, to listen to you, but you know, for you to listen to them and boy, and they have ideas. You better be interested. You've got to be interested. You know, I mean, you're working. I've got Except a story for, for that, you. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Ryan, it's, uh, um, and, 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 and Chris, uh, or, or Thomas, whoever asked about the cruise. Um, the other great thing I loved was gambling, uh, at, <laughs> on, on the ship craps. and I'm craps. And one night 
And Bill, Bill Crystal was always goading me to go to the casino. Like, come on, you want to go down? I know you want to go to the casino. Let's go to the casino. And he just liked watching. And, you know, and Bill is such a math whiz. We'd be playing craps and he's telling me the probability and odds of the mm. different numbers. Oh, he knew exactly how the payout was going to be because of this, that, or the other. And he was watching things. But this is when I was, oh gosh, it was 2005. What? Uh, it, it, it's Bill uh, Crystal. I was, don't, I was, don't snake eyes. Yeah, no, I was on, I, and I was on a hot streak. I think I, I rolled for about a good 20 minutes. And I kept hitting sixes and eights and people were going crazy. And there was a guy who worked for NASCAR and we called him something like uh, crazy Eddie or fast Eddie. And he was on the other side and he had this crazy blonde fro and he was always pointing at me. And he, and, and I think he made like 3000 bucks, like just in my roles, just hmm. that alone. And he threw me like a chip and stuff. Like, I mean, it was, it was, that was a great night. Uh, are you saying that Bill Crystal is uh, is a gambler? No, no, he almost rarely never actually plays, but he, I played blackjack with him and Steve Hayes. I remember that, but, but mostly he loves watching. He just likes watching. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was a Chris Haberman mouth noise, by the way. That is a Chris Haberman mouth noise. This is not an Eric Swalwell moment. Noise. He likes to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I love watching too. I love watching too, because I'm a degenerate, yeah. you know, I mean, I can just watch for, I just stare at people playing games like that and, you know, or um, do other things. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm glad I don't play blackjack. It's such a grind. Okay. We, we also have a question from Rick. Oh, Carr, we ta- Rick Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Oh, sorry. Um, while we're at, at, on the cruises and while we're at the casino, I was, I, I had two questions. One was, uh, I'd imagine you, you would have some donors who'd really like to flex. Well, at the casino, kind of show you how wealthy you know, they are and how unafraid they are to what? gamble large amounts of money. Well, they're not necessarily donors per se. Uh, the, uh, the 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 folks who love to go, who were fans of the magazine at the time and loved to go on the cruise, were not necessarily. If you did a Venn, they were not necessarily gambling types. You know, so you'd see just a handful of people uh, gambling per se. I remember the, the the worst thing was, you know, Jonathan and I had become friends with this guy on the cruise. He was such a nice, friendly old fella, really genuine. And he enjoyed our, you know, we enjoyed his company. He enjoyed meeting us. And then we see him down at the craps table. Hey, this is great. And then he goes and he starts putting money on the, on, on the, on the don't come, the don't pass line. You know, he's playing the dark side. And I'm saying like, if you know, if, if you play craps, you know what I'm talking about, where he's basically betting against you. Everybody, you like, so he's, he's, he's betting on the house. He's betting that I'm going to throw the seven before I hit the point. And, and you look at him like, what, what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, oh yeah, the odds are, and he was like, you know, the odds are better. I'm like, dude, you're playing the dark side, you know, like, how could you do this? Anyway, that changed everything. I I never had the money to, boy, I I read you guys and, and other opinion journals that had cruises and, um, like it was a dream of mine to be able to like, it was a dream of mine before I had the money. Like I wanted to go on a cruise that, that had Bill Buckley on it. Like I yeah, thought that, yeah, like yeah, that was, sure, that was a dream sure, of mine. Sure. Like I was never in a place at that time of my life, but mm-hmm. that would have been super cool just to be able to like go to the panels and, That's and right. have a cigar and, with, and, with and, and, and talk Buckley. to them. And yeah. then, you know, you could go up to them uh, and, you know, uh, and, and, and uh, Bill and Fred, I mean, they were great and they mm. were very, you know, you could just approach them and hang out with them. I mean, those were, you know, and, and, and I remember, you know, nice subscribers treating me and Jonathan for cigars out on the deck, you know, I mean, that was, that was a great time. Yeah. Well, but, but here's the thing is that like anybody can come, they just have to spend, you know, I don't know, 3000 bucks. Like, right. did you ever have any like 
like you don't work there anymore. Like, like, do you have any like crazy people who, again, part of it is they like to listen to you, but part of it is they want you to listen to them. Like, did you have any like kind of loony people who wanted to share their conspiracy theories or whatever? Yes. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say is yes. And 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 sometimes it would happen at the dinner table and and, and it's just like, oh my gosh, help me get through this, you know, and 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 not have a blow up between uh couples, you know. I mean, one of the weird things on cruise ships, at least in the olden days, is uh you you had to, you know, they would assign you tables with mm-hmm. different people every yeah. night. And so whether or not you want to meet new people, you were meeting new people. I'm not one for meeting new people in the sense that, you know, I mean, my, 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 you know, I'm, I'm fully stocked up. I'm blessed that I'm fully stocked up with friends. So I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't go to the cruise to meet new people per se, but you know, I mean the subscribing, but, but you can't get their votes. Working. So that's, yes. there's something there. <laughs> that's right. The best. Oh, I enjoyed, you know, I mean, I did a vodka talk on the last the Alaska cruise and that's great. Cause that's literally a captive audience. <laughs> I can't, where are they going to go? The glacier? Where are they going to go? Uh, and so they listened to the whole thing. We had a great book signing and everything else. I'm going to tell okay. the captain to Titanic this bitch. <laughs> okay, so one last cruise question. Um, we were on a we were on a premium Zoom uh, chat, which is all the rage these Zoom things. No, um, and Jim and Jim Swift. Oh wait was, a minute! Uh, I don't even wait a minute. I didn't uh, wait a minute. You, first you say it's premium, and then you said Jim was on. Well, we, we let him in. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I don't know how he ended up there. That that was my fault. Uh, Thomas probably. Every time I see my phone ring, it's Jim. And I'm like, wait, I'm who like, is either, this? Either, 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 and I'm like, either, either he's got some good scoop, or he's been drinking, or both. Well, I don't even remember what story it was that Jim was telling. Oh boy! But the story entailed a detailed description of how huge Mark Hemingway is. <laughs> Wow. Just like he's a what? massive human being. Yes. Like he's like six no, four. I'm the, I'm like he the, looks like a bouncer. No, he, you know, yes. Uh, oh. You know, he he is a big. He's a big fella. Having that security around you, did that ever make you? I don't know. Like pick fights in bars, knowing he was there behind you. Um. <laughs> no, I mean it's not the same as uh, you know. Uh, I've I've been in I've I've been in uh, like other situations with my old. Uh, Georgetown uh, housemate Jose, you know, who is this very solid Puerto Rican, went to military academy and then was, and then he was an accounting, he was like president of the accounting society at Georgetown, <laughs> uh, but a solid guy. And Jose was great. And, you know, like you get into any sort of a fight or a situation, <laughs> he'll do it. You know, I mean, he was, we always meant this as a compliment, but I, I always thought that his wife probably didn't take it that way when I said, you know, he's such a stand up guy that. You know, if, if you called him and said, you know, Jose, you're like, I killed a man, you know, I need your help. And he's like, okay, I'll get the shovel. That's what he would. Okay. I'll get the lime. I'll get, don't worry. I'll, I'll be right over. You know his I mean? His wife was, didn't like that? <laughs> That's yeah, weird. Shockingly, shockingly. But you know, and, and, uh, and it was funny. Um, yeah. Him and another guy, <laughs> some big guy, you hang around big guys. It, 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 it's a good thing. Questions from listeners. Uh, I guess, I guess <laughs> I can ask both of these at once. One is why a book about vodka? Oh yeah, yeah, and the second is, what's your favorite cocktail? Okay, huh. so uh, why book about vodka? I remember everywhere I went, people I know were like dropping what they were doing to get into the vodka business. And this is now, 
I don't remember now. This is probably 2011, 2012 or so. And I'm like, gee, that's really weird about it. And why is this? And so out of curiosity, I contacted friends at the Distilled Spirits Council. I said, let me look at those numbers. What do you got for me? And the numbers were astounding, you know, about uh, how much vodka Americans, Americans consume, you know, uh, every year. And, you know, some like millions of uh, millions upon millions of gallons and and they spend, you know, millions upon millions of dollars and, and volume. And yet the and then I realized that the I, I noticed that the the precise definition of vodka by the federal government, right, uh, is that it has to be flavorless, odorless, colorless uh, and without character. And yet we had hundreds upon hundreds of different brands. And I'm like, something doesn't quite fit here. And why is that? And how much of it has to do with marketing. And then I learned things like, wow, vodka only came to America really in 1934 with Smirnoff. That's interesting. It first arrived in Bethel, Connecticut was the home, the birthplace of America. I mean, ethnic communities were making vodka, but as an actual vodka distillery, it wasn't until 1934. I said, this, this could be interesting. And, and, and then, uh, then, uh, then put it together into a book. Oh, no, I wrote, um, I, I tested the waters first by writing a, uh, a cover story for the Weekly Standard. It was well received. And then from there, basically used that as a template for a book proposal uh, and then uh, did the book. Uh, and, and then I got to travel around the country, which was a lot of fun, including going to uh, Rotterdam, Skidam, to go to Kettle One where I actually shoveled coal into the actual Kettle One. Do and you then- boys know how to shovel coal? <laughs> That's my Lucille Bluth. Oh, thank you. Yes, very yeah. good. Uh, and, and then also hanging out with uh, Tito uh, Beverage down in Texas at his secretive uh, yeah. lair uh, for Tito's Vodka down uh, just near Austin. Yeah, across from Austin. a Mexican. It was across from a Mexican rodeo. That's what I remember. That. But that, do you say 1930s for American yeah, Vodka? That's yeah, That's because like Absolute was founded in, I looked it up, 1879. Yes, Sweden. that is correct. I think that number, that, that date is on the bottle. In fact, including with the guy who came up with the, uh, the uh, what is it, the column distillation, um, one of your founders, one of your people, <laughs> is uh, yeah, his face is there. So, uh, yeah, that, that is correct. But uh, again, and uh, the, uh, in one of the, I think in the 1893 uh, World's Fair, I think it was the one in, that was, I think in, it was either one in St. Louis or the one in Philadelphia where uh, Smirnoff, the actual uh, uh Peter, Peter Smirnoff had entered vodkas into a competition and won in you know in in America, but you know it was a novelty at the time. So and, so so, do you, know. you currently have a go to vodka? You know, I the more I the more I wrote about vodka, the less I drank of it. <laughs> uh, so you asked about so, about, so you're not going to rank the vodkas, is what you're saying? Oh, I could, uh, oh, but top uh, five, top five. Oh gosh, that I like personally like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Tito's is really the most. You get a lot of bang for your buck. As Tito Beverage himself says, think about it as filet mignon at pot roast prices. And, <laughs> and, and he was right. I mean, it's not expensive and it's not a fancy, you know, he said he used to glue on the labels himself. And so uh, it, it, it's very affordable and it's everywhere, right? Tito's is everywhere. So um, that's up there. Uh, when I was in my 20s, my vodka of choice was Sky. And, uh, yeah, you're shaking your head, Thomas. And I'm telling you, it was, of course, it sounds Scandinavian, but of course it was like invented in San Francisco. 
Yeah, but but it, it you know, and it was originally the idea was, oh, you know, you know, there was a rumor going around that if you drank Sky, you wouldn't get a hangover. <laughs> and they spent and, millions on that rumor. Yeah. And Maurice Canbar was the creator. Maurice Canbar invented Sky Vodka. He also invented the defuzzit sweater lint remover for your sweaters. Uh, so he was an inventor of different things. Uh, anyway, um, uh, so I said, I wonder if this is true. And it turned out not to be true. I had 10 vodka sodas and I had a hangover the next day. So, uh, so anyway, Sky Vodka, I, I really liked it. And that's very economical as well. It gets, you know, I'm not into the price. Did you I'm spend a lot. Okay. Did you pick another the Mythbusters? What was it? Yes. That's right. Uh, and, and then uh, another one, you know, Kettle One. I, 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 you know, David O. Russell, the director of like, you know, Three Kings and Silver Linings Playbook and all that, those the movies. Fighter. Yeah, The Fighter, great movie. Um, he, he used to do uh, commercials uh, for Kettle One. And they were really good commercials about, you know, they, they, they look like these, you know, corporate titans celebrating and they're just drinking vodka on the rocks. What they wanted to get you to think is they wanted you to drink it not as a mixer, but rather um, in and of itself, like you're yeah. sampling a spirit, like you would a scotch, you know, and they want, but it's hard to convince people that because most people, uh, you know, their idea, you know, there, there's this impression that if you're drinking vodka on the rocks, you got a problem. You know, it's usually the last stop. The last stop on the way to just, you know, Alcoholicsville is the vodka on the rocks, right? Those, those people. In fact, I'm watching um, Succession. And ah, in, I love in, Succession. And that first season, and Kendall goes to the bar in New Mexico, and he pauses because he asks for sparkling water. And then what does he ask for? Vodka on the rocks. He's like, yep, that, he's that person. Uh, but Wait till I, he poops the bed. Yeah, <laughs> but but he's uh, but it's you know, but it's 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 one of those things, and I I, I appreciate, and I, I like the taste. I, it, it's pretty good. There is a uh, a uh, small uh, vodka uh, maker uh, called Boyd and Blair. They do other spirits as well, but Boyd and Blair um, uh, is in Pennsylvania, and uh, that's an excellent vodka. And uh, yeah, so so those. Oh, and you know what? People are afraid to admit Smirnoff, just plain old Smirnoff is a good vodka, but it Smirnoff is always, it's Smirnoff, not, not the ice, uh, but the Smirnoff always like wins these blind taste tests. Hmm. Um, and if, uh, if, if you go, there are these great uh, commercials. Uh, you could find them on YouTube for Smirnoff with Adam Scott and I think it's Allison Brie and they're just adorable. Uh, and anyway, the fact is, you know, people have a problem going to a bar because it's about status. And so they're not going to say, I'll take a Smirnoff and soda. You know, they're going to say, I take a gray goose and soda, mm. you know, and, and, but gray goose was one of these, you know, again, inventions. It was Sidney Frank of New Rochelle, right? He was the one who woke up one day and said, I want to create a, he, I want to create a vodka from France. Cause everything good comes from France and it's going to be filtered through champagne limestone because you know champagne that sounds great and we're going to use the the same wheat that they use for you know french pastries and stuff and 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 we're going to double the price because uh if people think it's twice as expensive they'll think it's twice as good and, and it's got a cool bottle it's it's going to be the tallest bottle in the bar <laughs> not counting um galliano you know galliano with the those t- it's a giant um liqueur 
that is mostly used, I think, for Harvey wall bangers. And they were so big because you put the you hit the Galliano, it's so big, so it was a Harvey wall banger. But anyway, but the but the uh, Grey Goose is big, and it's frosted glass. So so I haven't heard you mention Stoli. Oh yeah, Are you well, f- that's right. It's Russian now. It's technically Lithuanian, I think. Okay. Yeah. So like as as a like young naive eighteen year old waiter uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> raised as a Methodist um, like waiting tables someone ordered a Stoli gimlet and I walked back to the bar and like I, I I did not recite it like I was like I don't even know what they said like I didn't know what Stoli was I didn't know what a gimlet was um, I th- I was like uh, a, a trolley gimli <laughs> like, like I, I was young and naive and and yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure with a little bit of methamphetamines, I would have been, you know, lured down to an exotic zoo, maybe in in Oklahoma. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, well, there's that. That's the there. There are worse things. Uh, yeah. Sto- I mean, I had a friend who used to order Stoli Razin Sprite, you know, and like, oh, you know, it's uh, it's a, uh, it's uh, it's I, you know, what happened with Stoli, and people like to get Stoli because it was authentically Russian. Remember, it was. Uh, the, the head of Pepsi sent his, you know, uh, envoy over to Russia, to the Soviets, and they made a deal. And they said, if we can convince you to sell Pepsi to the Russians, then uh, we can market Stoli uh, to America. And that's how that worked. And I think that was in the late 60s. What? So Ryan, Ryan just um, tried a Russian vodka. I wonder if you're familiar with it. What, what was it was, called? What was it called, Ryan? Reka? <laughs> oh, that's from Iceland. <laughs> That's the one from Iceland, yes? Yeah. So I had – what movie had a – I talked about this on a previous episode. But I, I watched some movie with Bridge of Spies, and then I also read a book recommended by JVL. Don't remember anymore. What to what expect when no one's expecting. But it was – yeah. <laughs> what were you it was uh, always, it was a, always shilling his own book. No, it was shameless. So shameless. It was about because I asked him for like a good book, and it was some. Masha? I don't know. Why I can't think of it now. No, no, no. It was about it was about German and Russian spies in World War Two. Oh, and there's a series of them. <laughs> I, Vic, Vic's interesting. I can't. I know. <laughs> the night. It was the night something. My phone died, so I can't okay. look at it. But anyway, because I only read books on um, Kindle. I was like, after both of those things, I was like, oh, I want a good Russian vodka. So I went to the liquor store here in Austin. <laughs> and I tell you, like every, almost every uh, vodka in Austin and liquor store is from Texas. And so it was, I was just like going down the line. I was like, nope, Texas, Texas, Texas. And then I saw Reka and I was like, that sounds Russian. <laughs> so I grabbed it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and the funny thing about the funny thing about Reka is, you know, I mean, they have this idea, oh, you know, vodka that's, you know, it's from, you know, the glacial waters and it's the whole thing. Yeah. Of course, I think they started, you know, how long how long Iceland has been making vodka since Reka, since Reka was made, you know, I don't think they did vodka before. I don't think they did vodka before Reka. Aquavit they did what they did to Reka. It's like Coors is tap of the Rockies. They stick. You see the commercials. They yeah. They you put stick the it in the, rock. in the Rockies. And then you turn and spigot. Yeah. So like yeah, they, they like that's how they get Reka is they they just put it. That's in right. The no, that's how yeah. it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I have one more vodka question. How many freaking flavors does Absolute have? Oh, they varied, you know, and, and they're not as bad as uh, now. I'm a uh, 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 pinnacle. Pinnacle had pinnacle is the most famous of the different flavored vodkas, right? Yeah. Uh, pinnacle. Uh, so uh, to go back in time, 
the uh, uh, which which vodka were we talking about now? Uh, absolute, absolutely, yeah, you know, absolute. The, so the, they, the Volvo of vodka. You no, know, they no, they. So they started off with like Pepar. Do you remember this? It was absolute Pepar, and you can do that as a shot, or you can make it with amazing Bloody Marys and stuff like that. And then they did Citron, um, and, and then that, a few that, other. That's in the eighties. Yes, that's right. That's in the eighties. Uh, but they didn't get as I don't Isn't know how French many flavors car company? they have now. Citroen, Citroen. Oh, okay, sorry. Yes, uh, but but uh, Pinnacle that they were the ones who made you know flavors like rainbow sherbet and uh, cake, you know. And so you're again these were they 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 you, suddenly you were not tasting you were tasting things that you wanted to eat and not drink. It's a very enter a cake eating contest. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a very strange thing. So I, I don't know how many uh, flavors they have now. They fluctuate, you know, they fluctuate. The flavored vodka business has declined. There was a little bit of a bubble there. That kind okay. Of well, and, and one thing I understand, uh, at least locally, is that distributors would kind of lean on um, sellers to like buy their inventory. So it's like, if you want this, this stuff, you got to buy our, all our crappy like flavors. Oh, sure, and, sure, yeah. sure, sure. There's a lot of that, and there's also pay to play and stuff. And a lot of these distributors end up having to pay fines, uh, but they can afford the fines. So they keep on doing it, you know. But it's hard if, if you're an independent uh, distiller, finding a distributor is like one of the hardest things you can do. Okay. So, uh, vodka brands aside, and if you're not buying. Oh, you were asking what cocktail do I like? Yeah. The answer is a martini. <laughs> I like brown spirits. Like I said, I'm just having a, a Dewar's and soda now, but. Um, uh, I love a good classic gin martini, Plymouth up with olives, and maybe three to one or four to one ratio on the uh, dry vermouth, uh, particularly a Dolan, D-O-L-I-N, is a great brand of vermouth. Um, you can even do two to one. I don't care, you know. Uh, and 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 the important thing is to add some orange bitters, and that sort of it makes it more, you know smoother shall we say and you need the ice i mean people talk about you know martini recipes where you just freeze the gin and then you don't need ice well then you have nothing to dilute you're just drinking pure cold gin uh so uh that's my favorite right now and it's still on the rocks not up oh no 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 definitely up okay uh with olives up with olives so i would go if i go to a restaurant i'll say plymouth martini up with olives. do do you ever do martinis with vodka instead uh, that's how I started, and I think a lot of people start that way. Um, and you go to a lot of restaurants now that people will ask us, if you ask for a martini, uh, they will ask you gin or vodka. In some places, we'll go as far as to say, what type of vodka? You know, and it's like, no, oh. no, oh, gin. Philistines. Oh, yes, Philistines. Uh, and I like Hendrix. Hendrix is a great gin, but it doesn't really actually mix well with olives because of it's a sort of a cucumber base. So you will want to get a twist with that. But try, if anyone likes martinis, add some orange bitters. Uh, it's amazing. We uh we asked Vic a little bit about like what movies might he want to talk about, uh, and I pitched him uh, a few options. You know, I I blank. I, I you know what I should have said was Flash Gordon. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen a movie in ages, but I saw it about a million times in one summer. But uh, the movie that we ended up settling on was The Blue Lagoon from is it nineteen eighty six? Is that the year? No, 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 way before that. Eighty. Nineteen eighty. 1980. So, uh, so I want to I want to understand how bad I'm supposed to feel about watching this movie. <laughs> how how old? Bad in which way? Bad in which way? How old? Because is, you felt something. How old is Brooke Shields in this movie? Ah, uh, she's like twenty. Sixteen. Oh. Okay. Do so, you know that for a fact, Brian? 
I, I, I know for a fact that she used the body double. Yes. So Vic, yeah. here's so my you question. Don't feel, that's okay. You don't have to feel. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. I don't know. Like, how do you feel? Her mother like, was her, her mother was her very protective agent kind of as right. well. And so she had all well, these sort of, you know, the most structures. I know of Brooke Shields is from Andre Agassi's book. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. They were first together. That's right. So I'm just curious, like Vic, is, is it, more or yeah. less so knowing that Brooke Shields was up. born in 1965. <laughs> answer, That's terrible. She was born in 1965. Yeah. So she's old now is what you're saying. <laughs> well, she was. So I don't think she was 20 in 1980. I'll look they into may, this. They may uh, have shot it in 1985 and took a time machine. You could back not to make a movie like that now. I'll put it to you. Right. No, also, also not really realistic. The fact Not that they the fact that they sort of like grew up for like fifteen or how many years and and, and look that and both of them look that good and have these perfect hands and are perfectly well fed and right. you know these bags of fruits everything is so plentiful what is this island what is it is it, is it Hawaii they haven't discovered Hawaii yet because no, I mean it's well, such where, a where's plentiful the island. Where where's the toilet? I mean, you, yeah, you, you know, I mean, Castaway was Castaway was much more right. vivid about that. Or even if you read like Lord of the Flies, right? There was a section of the island that you know use that section. Don't go to the other section for anything else. And and this one, you don't see any of that. And uh, I, there are some natives on the island, but uh, but they stayed in their they stay in their part, and then the kids uh, stayed in uh, their side. So that was really kind uh, of so, so Thomas. Thomas, to your point. Uh, you said, uh, what, what did you say? How bad should I feel about? Okay, because like, yeah, my thing was like, I felt like super uncomfortable <laughs> pretty much the whole time wondering if the state was marshalling a case against me. Wondering <laughs> and, and, and you know, I should have exhibit, exhibit a the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> this right. is the best time, Chris, though. They don't have time for that. There's, right. Oh, not now. This is now right. Now it's time to commit all those crimes now. Right. Like, like the sub beacon hasn't had the uh, express VPN as a sponsor. So like my, my subscription has lapsed. So oh, no, now, yeah, now you're vulnerable for that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Chris, do you, do you want to give the, the big boy synopsis of what, okay. what this movie is about? I don't know. I've done a lot of interrupting today. Ryan, do you want to do the big boy review? No, I don't, you know, because I'm convinced that um, the, the author of the book, pretty sure he wanted to make them brother and sister and well you know what, george lucas kind of you, you know what the original title was right what was it? luke and leia naked kids fat semen <laughs> <laughs> that's awful the very brief summary is that you have two kids on a ship the ship ends up in a storm they join this old creepy sailor and ends up on this one tropical island together with him. Which movie did you watch? There's no, st- like, there's a fire on the ship and they have to abandon oh, the ship. Oh, a fire. Yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think like, he, he just skipped, skipped around. He's like, there's a I, lot of clothing in this segment. Yeah, I think he watched it the way I watched it <laughs> at the time. I'm that's learning forward, already. I'm forward. learning more than I ever knew about this movie just right now listening uh, to Thomas. But, but so, like... Can, can you imagine being stuck in an island with that old creepy like <laughs> the guy with 17 kids that are, what, what, that are yeah. of all different they're races. like are you married and he like listed all these women in all these ports yeah that's right 
Well, okay. So actually, honestly, um, as uncomfortable as the movie is and as shocked as I was um, that it actually got made in some ways. It was 1980. Before we were born. Um, But um, the the concept actually is a little bit interesting, even if it's not like good movie material. The idea of like these people who arrive as kids have an adult there who's sufficient to teach them how to survive to teach them like here's how you like weave stuff together and and um but these are unsocialized kids and it it was interesting in the movie where like they're like it's christmas and then like they're gonna like sing christmas carols and they only know like the first line that's right (laughs) they forgot i think and and, and he also don't know anything about anything except like basics on how to survive they've forgotten like the our father and things like that yeah you you notice that little things like that that's a change this movie i think and the spectrum between Gilligan's Island and Castaway is much closer to Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I mean, again, you mentioned the weaving. Yeah, all of a sudden they have this nice little uh, world where they live. So, well, and and like it's it's just like a perfect like narrative setup to say like, and again, kind of a weird like it's almost like Lord of the Flies esque to say, okay, they know just enough to survive, but they're essentially not socialized. Like this, th- these cousins. Uh, like what would what would happen if these they were dropped in here and had just enough skills to survive, but no skills on like mm-hmm. what what is a period for a yeah, girl? Like right. what yeah, does it mean to, right. to go no, through puberty? I mean, that was the thing exactly. So there's that, but again, you know, <laughs> they have it fairly easy. Uh, you know, and and I, I should have suggested uh, as a follow up the uh, sequel, Return to the Blue Lagoon, with with Mila Jovovich. Well, let me tell you something. A total jip. I'm going to tell you right now. It's just, <laughs> okay, uh, Vic, do you know that there's actually a third Blue Lagoon? She's no, like 19. I don't know that. Really? There is a third, except it was a lifetime cable. Oh, well, movie. then even so, worse. Yeah. Then you know yeah. where we're going. Yeah, it don't, that means even less. In, one of the interesting. quadrants. Less you, interesting is what Yeah, one of the quadrants, oh, you know, is is that guy... Christopher Atkins. Christopher Atkins. He's, he's in. He's in one, the one from 2012. Oh, what is he in that one? Is he uh, reprises his role? No, or he plays um, a cameo or like some other. Hold one. on. Wait, is is that the 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 Lifetime one? That's it's got some ex, some erotic sounding name, but it's a yeah, cable it's a movie. Total, yeah, it's a ripoff. It's like uh, Awakening blah. of the like, yeah. The, yeah it's Blue, Blue Lagoon: The Awakening as Mister Christensen. Hmm. He's in that. <laughs> and 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 like the the poster like there's a really good That's looking a, soap yeah. opera star yeah. in a bathing suit on it yeah, yeah. in a bathing suit yeah uh, exactly. uh, <laughs> right. uh, but- so 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 anyway like th- this idea of these kids only know how, how to survive um growing up uh wh- i mean what is interesting about the premise is just like what would happen if like two kids are on an island uh so the interesting premise is not the sex but that's in- inevitable. The interesting premise is like how much they fight. Oh yeah. Like if you're an immature human being, like dropped in an island when you're like six or seven, and there's one other person, of course you're gonna bicker the whole time. Yeah, and and there's some stupid dialogue where Brooke. Shields, oh yeah, it's like, terrible. Oh, I'm terrible. sure it's awful. I don't I'm remember sure. any of it, but yeah. Vic's only <laughs> seen highlights of this movie. <laughs> the one where they're eating the mangoes. That that part, yeah. Again, for, the movie is about thirty minutes, right? I think it's about thirty minutes. <laughs> uh, so, I'm and so when the, when I the, forced you to watch this movie that I have myself have not seen in decades, but when the ship catches on fire and they're shouting, like, and there's there's smoke all around, and Patty is in the the little boat with the kids, 
And then uh, there's time another... out, time out, time out. Let's just say he had just spanked the kids. He, yeah, <laughs> because he had some he had some black and white photographs of naked women <laughs> that the kids are looking at, and he spanked them. And then the ship catches on fire, and then it eventually blows up, and there's smoke everywhere. He's in the rowboat with the kids, and then there's another rowboat with their uncle and like whoever else. And they're who shouting. apparently spends the rest of his life just like trolling those waters. Like he does not move on. <laughs> they're they're shouting. They find him. Then. Yeah. So they're shouting and they can hear each other. And then after about 30 seconds, <laughs> Patty completely gives up and says, I guess they're gone. God help us <laughs> without rowing at all. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, I gave it my best he shot. He wanted to be stranded on the island. Yeah. With the kids. I, I, gave, I like, guess I gave it my best shot. Right. Oh, well. They end up on the island and eventually, uh, what's his name? Paddy? Was that his name? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he gets uh, really drunk on whatever is in that barrel. Is it rum? Rum. It's got to be rum. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the captain was an alcoholic because... Brooke Shields says, it smells like the captain's breath. (laughs) (laughs) The dialogue is terrible in this movie. So he drinks that, he gets really drunk, and he then tries to swim out to an island or something, and he drowns. So they're left alone. And then you fast forward, what, 10 years or something like that? Hang on, hang on. Let me just say, the way Vic describes his understanding of movies and how one quadrant is like how easy to understand. That's kind of how I felt about this movie. I felt like kind of lost, like, like, so we see Patty just like get really drunk and then swim out to sea, hugging a barrel of rum. And then suddenly he's dead. Yeah. Did he choose to drink himself to death? Was this just an accident? Like, I was confused by that, and I was also confused by... That's how I would have gone, by the way. That that, that would have been my fate. There's someone who will remain nameless who uh, in the SSU who loves French wine and um, has confessed that if he were wealthy enough... Vic, you've met this person. um, He has confessed that if he were wealthy enough, he would just drink himself to death with good French wine. Does, does, Does this friend of ours live in my neck of the woods? Uh, he does Arrow Wine, you know, which is a, a wonderful wine store in Arlington. Uh, they have a special, which I think they're, they're selling twenty eight dollars for uh, uh, Chateau Margaux, but it's not the actual Chateau Margaux, but it's in the Margaux region, and it's supposed to be really, really amazing. If you're into French wines, that's something that I was intrigued about. I might get it. So if you're listening, go get it, order it, because they can't go and say you have to order it, and they'll bring it out because you know yeah. you can't go in anymore. Right, right. Oh, by the way, uh, really quickly, I had to go to this uh, wine store uh, to pick up some more vermouth and some white wine for the missus. And had to. Had, it, to. had to. Emergency. And they were like, did you order ahead? I'm like, no, I didn't, but I really know what I need to do. And he's like, he paused and he's like, okay, okay, just make it quick. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I was in there. It was like that guy's grocery game on food on the Food Network where you have to run and up and down the aisles of the supermarket <laughs> knowing what you need to get in like five minutes, you know? And and that was basically me. It was a panic thing. So Vic is such a people person that he can convince them to break <laughs> CDC guidelines. <laughs> this surprised me not at all. It was before it was before the full clampdown of Tuesday midnight, yes. So uh I confessed to Thomas and Thomas, can you please bleep the number here? That in the past two days I've purchased cases of wine because you're thinking ahead or because you go through them that fast (laughs) it's a quarantine you can't be too careful 
No. Are you, you're a wine guy or a cocktail guy or both? I, I'm beer and wine. I don't do as much beer for my the gout. gout. The, the gout. gout. The gout. I can't do the beer. Yeah. But I, I don't know why. Like I'm, I'm a spirits and wine. I love spirits yeah. and wine. Transitioning, uh, transition back to back to the movie. Uh, oh, great! And, and my confusion was the other thing was like I was like super confused about the like this whole like native situation that there were natives on the island that would yes, there was yes, a but, they, but they minded their own business until yeah. they did it. But they killed they killed the other adult, right? And then then they murder. They um, murdered their own. I their thought own. they killed one of the other guys but on the for, island. But for some strange reason, yeah. they were – so, like, there's only three on the island. Patty, who drank himself yeah, to death right. or something. Yeah. Like, all, all we know is he swam out with a barrel to an and island. That was the end of it. And they went there the next day, and he was dead. Yeah. And he and he witnessed – like, he saw blood and skulls, and he was like, never That's go to right. that side never of the island. Never go to that but, island, right. But, no, that side of the island. That side of the island, right. They and and apparently, like, there's some invisible line – that these that these uh, human sacrificing natives would not cross. So like that just confused me. That's all. It's not like uh, I just got done watching uh, about a month or two ago with my son, uh, The Bounty from the 1980s, which is the remake of Mutiny on the Bounty with Anthony Hopkins, Mel Gibson, uh, Liam Neeson, and Daniel Day-Lewis. If you haven't seen it, it's an amazing cast. Yeah. It is. I, I haven't seen it, yeah. but that's and Bernard and Bernard. What's his name? Is Bernard Lewis? Uh, Bernard, not Bernard Lewis, is the historian. Um, uh, who you know, um, Theoden from uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, he's in there as well. Uh, in in any event, uh, a terrific movie. And when they end up on one of the other islands, it's not Fiji, but it, it might you know, you know the cannibals on that island. Uh, that's much more like what would happen <laughs> to these poor people. It's not. It doesn't end well. I think they were, and they were, they were with the baby in the end, and they were sleeping. I thought they died, but no, they were just sleeping. They were dehydrated. I think the baby was fine, but you know, they were like they, they were just, they were just like, like the ending with Tom Hanks. He just had no more energy left, and that, and so, but thank goodness, <laughs> they lived happily ever after. The so, end. Question. Speaking of the end, it's getting late on my on the Eastern Standard Time. I just <laughs> question. Yes. Do you think there is a bizarro Vic Mattis out there who enjoys this movie just as much as you, but for opposite reasons? <laughs> I'm trying to think what those opposite reasons are. Oh, I don't know. Oh, like right, they, yeah, they yeah, like yeah, the yeah. cut of his glutes, oh, oh, oh. his loincloth, um, oh, a young, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a nubile. I, I don't know. I'm just, just asking, is it possible? <laughs> I, maybe I, I have no idea. I, I think my favorite scene in the movie is when Brooke Shields catches him masturbating behind a rock on the beach. It's like very obvious what he's doing, but the movie is trying to, I don't know, like he's trying to play it off as, oh, I'm not doing anything. And, it's like, and when they're bickering, isn't she like, I see you. Like, basically, she's like, I see you mashing it. <laughs> Did she say that? I mean, she, like, basically, does, Ryan, does, come on. Doesn't she say something like that? Yeah, she's just mashing it. <laughs> it. Yeah, well. She said, I saw you squeeze one out. <laughs> I saw you push white. <laughs> I, I think it is safe to say that the Blue Lagoon, the Blue Lagoon is a classic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dialogue is written like it's from a health textbook. She's like, <laughs> my stomach feels weird. My heart is beating fast. It's yeah, like, I like what, what does it like a 1970s textbook say about puberty? But the, you know, and then and then and then when she delivers the the baby, it's so horrifying. 
Is it? Like, I feel like it just popped out. And like, she knew, but she was like standing. And I was like, oh, I can't watch this. <laughs> and he's what? like, why did you have a baby? What did, I know. What? How did that happen? That's what I remember saying. What? How so, did that happen? So, Vic, ha- have you not actually seen the end of this movie? I made a joke. I think I saw it many years later, the ending. I was like, oh, you know. And so, I mean, because my, my parents had it. I saw it. My parents had it on a video cassette. It was a VHS tape that also had uh, The Mirror Cracked, which was like an Agatha Christie mystery with, I think it was an Agatha, with Elizabeth Taylor. It was like, you know, it's like anything that was on HBO. We got so excited yeah. that we had the power to tape everything on HBO. And, and, and so I can that. picture your mother like the the the, the, the the woman who saves chip packets on a Disney cruise is the one who like tapes everything on via. <laughs> yeah. On you know, I won't, I won't gonna say, you know, I mean, you know, even though it's illegal, you yeah. know, and, and the, uh, uh, well, there was another movie called private eyes with Don Knotts and Tim Conway. And we had that on tape as well. And we, we you know, we had somebody when my, when they first got, I mentioned this on the show, when we first got a VHS, uh, an RCA VHS, uh, player, uh, VCR, um, you know, they gave you two choices of movies that you could, they would give you because it was so expensive to buy the VCR. And the two movies we picked, I didn't pick them. I, my parents did was uh, Flash Gordon and Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. <laughs> I mean, who knows what the other selections were, but I'm like, you know what? Both were f- great for the family. Enter the Dragon, there was heroin, you know? I mean, I didn't even know what it was, you know? It was crazy. Like, why is he using that belt, mommy? Oh no, and 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 uh, Jim, uh, what's his name? The the martial arts guy, you know, and and, and he 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 gets lynched, and it, it it's awful, and it was crazy. And it, anyway, I would have could have talked about that movie too. So my apologies, but uh, okay, Thomas so, put well, me on well, the spot. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll have you on again soon. But but okay, so question. Um, speaking of family movie night in the Mattis household, I'm assuming. <laughs> You're going to introduce Michael to the Blue Lagoon this week. Oh <laughs> you know, I, I, it's it's funny. Those, those things we tend not to get into or even near. It's the violence that I'm more permissible about. And so we we actually watched. I didn't tell my wife that we watched Inglorious Bastards. Oh. And, uh, you know what? He liked it a lot. Oh, my gosh. My son is almost 12. And a few weeks ago, we watched when 1917 came out. Oh, yeah. Sure. He was begging me to watch it. And so I watched it with him and he, like, he's really, and then think? we, then we, he loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So and then we started watching band of brothers after that. Oh yeah. We watched that too. It's great. And he would probably really like glorious bastards. <laughs> I know, but you know, it's insanely, they're, they're, it's, it, it's insanely violent, but, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's so well, I mean, it's such an interesting movie uh, about the VHS with multiple movies on it. When I was younger, so, um, my grandma, she, she had like all the movie, the premium movie channels and she would record things on VHS. And I remember she gave my dad a tape that it had the mighty ducks on it, but it also had death wish three on it. That's a great <laughs> she, combination. It was like, she, I remember her saying, don't let the boys watch the first one because that's not for kids. I definitely watched death wish three. <laughs> Yeah, those those are those those with Charles Bronson. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay, good stuff. Who cares about the Mighty Ducks? Yeah. Before we go, uh, one one last thing for for Vic. Okay, uh, and I also had one thing I needed to add myself, but you go first, uh, or do I go first? Uh, you should go first. No, okay. you hang up. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, so uh, on the on the on the sub beacon, I was talking about buffet tip advice for like you know um, hot bars and like the ones where you have to weigh it. And I totally forgot to mention that I, aside from trying to maximize the most bang for your buck with you know like fried shrimp on a plate, um, I am not above sometimes eating the food before I pay. <laughs> Well, we assume that. Oh, the you assume that? Okay, good. I was justified hoping. by I getting hope, double meat at, I, I at hope the that, I hope salad they know. place. Right, the double is now a single. I'm paying for the single. <laughs> and no, I, I, uh, I, I was an intern. I was an intern at the Department of Justice back in the day for Bill Barr, as a matter of fact, when he was still there. Uh, and that's how old I am. And uh, you know, underneath the. Um, between the, F- the FBI and the Department of Justice are connected underground, right underneath Pennsylvania Avenue. And underneath in the middle is the, like the cafeteria. So I would go to the, that was like the, one of the highlights of my day is getting to the cafeteria. <laughs> and, and I remember, but you know, we're on paid interns, you know? And so I remember just, you know, loading up my plate and then I started, you know, like, just take, like, take the onion, like a big, you know, those big fat fried onion rings, you know, not like the small onion rings. But those big fat ones. And I remember shoving that in my mouth. <laughs> and some guy, right, some fed turns to me and he says, You know, you pay by weight. And I'm just like, with my full, my mouth stuffed with the onion, I just nodded and said, I know. <laughs> I'm like, Dude, I'm unpaid. I'm going to eat this. So, no, anyway, so, it's okay if you do that. So, so, can I share just like a ridiculous inequity in this regard? Um, the hospital cafeteria at one of the hospitals here in town. Oh, yes, hospital cafeteria. I love Amazing. Burritos, they're great. <laughs> really? But if if you are conscientious about calories, what is the part of the burrito you eliminate? The the actual tortilla. Yeah, the tortilla. Like there's yeah. a lot of carbs. You get a bowl. And, and right? empty. You get a bowl. Um, so you get a bowl, but their bowl includes a ton of lettuce at the bottom. And while the the burrito is a set price, the naked burrito is weighed. And you're paying for all this lettuce, like all this. No, no. Well, the lettuce, lettuce is not going like, to. You're not going to pay for the lettuce, the but you're paying for it probably are the rice and beans that that weighs. That's a lot of heft there. I like you know when I was a hospital volunteer, and that was the highlight of my time was the 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 because you got a voucher um, to go eat, eat free. I once ate a a bucket of mussels at a hospital cafeteria. <laughs> You're the guy eating seafood at the yeah like, yeah that's my seafood gas specials on Monday sushi. gas station yeah, sushi gas station sushi that would be me my wife is so shocked she says like nothing like my stomach and like you know they get so like oh my gosh you know you, you don't want to eat this stuff and I'm like I, let me tell you I've had worse I had a bucket of mussels at a hospital uh, so uh, question question my one of my last questions for Vic uh, could yes, could you Thomas. give us a quick and dirty ranking of different kind of buffets. <laughs> like, like like your top three what what's your yeah, yeah. top three type of uh, buffets top, oh my no God. you can do okay. a top five i mean breakfast there's italian there's giant yeah, 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 like there's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. kinds there's the ones that come to my mind right first of all at the very 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 top would be like vegas bellagio the bellagio buffet that is so amazing and you can just, you know, every station, everywhere you go, it's great. The, the, what I'm not really big on are some of these buffets that are like seasonal buffets, like, oh, the Easter buffet at some place like that, because you could be easily disappointed, you know, and you don't know what they have because it's not a regular thing. I love, um, okay, breakfast buffet on a, cruise, on a cruise ship. Oh, my gosh. Because eggs to order and... Hash browns, 
all the bacon. You could eat a lot of bacon. You'd be surprised, right? Maybe you won't be surprised. You guys probably won't be surprised how much bacon we could put down, right? You know, like you go, if you go to a set down restaurant, like, and I, what do they give you? Two or three bacon pieces at most, at yeah. most. If you're at a, if you're at a, a, a like a cruise ship buffet or even a regular breakfast buffet, you could do a whole plate of bacon and you wouldn't even yeah. notice it. You know, yeah. so cruise ship buffet, I really and, like. And, and eschew the fruit. Like you are absolutely right about this, Vic. When you're right, you're right. Um, <laughs> you gotta um, skip the fruit. Oh, skip especially, the fruit. Especially oh, the crappy melons the is not ripe. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, no, and, no. and you gotta time you the omelet. Fruit. And you gotta time the omelet line. First thing, the first place I go. First place well, I go because well, it depends. you know, it depends. Oh, it depends. If there's is, a long yeah. line, yeah. then fine. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But normally, if like that's the first thing I'm getting because I can wait, and then everything else, you know, you got to wait for the. They, they go in waves, as you know. It mm-hmm. come. Yeah. It, it it goes in waves. Okay, so that that's one thing. Chinese buffet is so hard to find these days. I don't know why that is, but in this day and age, it is hard for me to find a good Chinese restaurant buffet place. I don't even need a lot of selection. Sometimes when they have too many choices. It's actually bad. There was a place my sister was towning up in Jersey. Like, oh, you got to go to this place. It's an amazing buffet. And it was awful. And they had so many things. And it was called Fortune Buffet. I said, it was more like misfortune, I told her. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but but finding a good uh, Chinese buffet, that's, that's all I Question. Uh, listener Ming Lu, you may oh, remember Oh, yes, him. of course. Yeah. I know Ming. Mer- uh, Ming the Merciless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, I don't, and he, he was the one who got um, Sonny a Zack Snyder shirt from. He goes to all the cons, oh, Comic Con, yeah, yeah, and whatever. Yeah, um, he, I, I was pretty sure he was trolling us. Um, he went to a Chinese buffet recently and took a picture of a chicken's foot. I've had that. <laughs> it was for a uh, my cousin's son's. Like it was like a, after a baptism party at a Chinese restaurant, and there were chicken feet, but they were like in. Uh, and you wonder how we got the virus, by the way, right? And so anyway, I, okay, guilty as charged. And then I had bat. You know, no, no, no. But uh, the, but the chicken's feet. It was like dressed up in a sort of a, a brown, like a general so sauce. And honestly, you put that sauce on anything, you're going to eat it. That's the funny thing. You know what I mean? Anything you fry it, you fry it, and you put that brown sauce on. Hey, you know what? That chicken foot is not too bad. Okay, and and so for the listener who is as dumb as me, um, I guess you don't eat eat the foot you just kind of eat the like the the fried stuff off the outside yeah you kind of just yeah you just kind of like suck on it yeah <laughs> uh, it's okay you know i'm sure it's fine <laughs> that's what yeah Nick said insert insert joke you said um vegas vegas uh, breakfast a uh, breakfast chinese mm-hmm, yeah fill out fill out the five Oh my gosh! What other? Oh, Golden you know what? I'll tell you what was. Uh, uh, what did what did what did Ryan say? Golden Corral. <laughs> Golden you, you want a buffet that no, has the biggest been, you know variety, what? I have not right? Been to Golden Corral, but I've been to like that other one, the country, and you know that well, yeah, yeah, country, old country buffet, old country, old man, country that was buffet. that was too depressing for me. That was depressing. Oh, I, you know what? If I want to go completely high end here, high end here is uh, uh, when I was in Vienna and I stayed at this very very fancy hotel, the Zacher. Uh, which is like the fanciest hotel you could stand. I was on a I was on, on a reporting trip, by the way, uh, and I wonder why the standard closed. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, but I was I, I was there and um, breakfast. You know, uh, Germans, Austrians, they have you know they're they're not really breakfast people. You know, and so but they have coffee weird, and cigarettes. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's mostly cured meats, smoked fish, and you know what, I love it. 
And so when I went there, I looked at the selection, like, oh man, there's like three, four different kinds of smoked fish. I was just all over that. And so, I mean, but that's very distinct. Old Europe was a German restaurant and for there was a Christmas party and they had a buffet out. Uh, German buffet, it's pretty good. I mean, like for like dinner. Well, how about like a seafood buffet, like crab legs and no? Yes. Well, those are, I mean, you'll, if you go to like Vegas and those places, okay. uh, you, yeah. know, you will often have that section. Uh, yeah. crab, but you know what? That Those kind of crab legs and the shrimp, you have to work at that. You got to peel it. You know, I mean, that that's a but lot they of They make you work. They, they make you yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, which I, I'm sure motivates you all the more. You're like, oh, oh I'm with, I'm going to stick it to you. Yeah, yeah you that's think right. You're yeah. on principle. On principle, yeah. I'm cracking these legs open. Uh, Vic, Vic, we've got two more segments. Brief, okay? Gracious. Uh, this is just like um, you know how they have Four the com- common sense guide to media where they explain if your kids can watch stuff or not and. Last week, apparently, I told Flag that Tiger King was okay for his kids. I don't recall saying that. I think wow. I was kind of <laughs> because I, you know, uh, at, at at first glance, it's like, oh, you know, animals. That's always fun. right. That's what I thought. That's what I remembered. He asked me, and I couldn't. I'd watched two episodes. Doesn't and like I couldn't remember. Pussies. And so uh, this week, um, I decided to give Parents Guide to Wolf of Wall Street. Um, oh, wow. So no way. I think like I mean it's mostly okay. I don't I think there was some language. I can't <laughs> really the remember Margot what Robbie. else. There's the great there was, Margot Robbie scene. There was some and there's there was Vegas. some I mean it's it's a little bit it's 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 well, how old uh, are the kids? He, it's, it's, he has kids it's and decadent. Like uh there might be some simulated drug use. Um let's see what else I wrote down here. Um I wrote down pussy. I think that just means so if your kids are scared of cats, just keep yeah. just, don't that, watch. That's probably what that yeah, means. Yeah. I would just say make sure that they're old enough to read the subtitles because there's uh some scenes where like it's some of the dialogue is kind of garbled, like you don't want to have to pause it and explain to your son like Oh, like the security can't, there's a security camera in the bear and it saw the mommy's private parts. And that means this guy out in the guard tower saw mommy's private parts. That would just be so annoying to have to do that. So just as long as your kids can read, they'll be fine. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So thank you. So, and and I believe this will be a recurring segment. Ryan will review movies. (laughs) For your children. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. Can't so, wait. Can't so, wait. So Wolf of uh, Wall Street with subtitles is fine for kids? Uh, whenever they can read, whatever age that is. <laughs> Transition. I have a remember when. You say that so well. Transition. <laughs> it's how it I is. The king that. of transition is commending your transition. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't all be clever, so some of us have to resort to other tactics. Yes, yes, please. So, uh, in I, I think it's 2017 or 2018, a couple of years ago, three years ago, um, there was this one guy, he, he worked for uh, Vice, uh, the website slash publication, whatever. Yeah. And he decided that he was going to create the number one restaurant on Travelocity. <laughs> like so, by, by garnering all these insane reviews? Yeah. And, or having and people so, like so I don't fire know if, it up. 
any of you have either seen it. So his name was uh, uh, Butler, Oba Butler or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to create this fake restaurant and he started to generate reviews for it. And eventually he ended up as the number one restaurant on TripAdvisor in London, like in, yeah. greater, in the greater London yeah. area. Yeah. Did but- it actually even exist though? No, like it yeah, was all fake. Right. It was all, it was all he, fake, yeah. he he paid some friends to give him some reviews yeah. uh, and everything like that. And he ended up getting to number one. And then sometime in 2018 or 2017, he had like a, a, a night where he actually invited like real guests who had heard about <laughs> the restaurants. Uh, and they came oh, there terrible. and it was billed as a micro restaurant because it right was like, like a the, pop-up or something yeah, yeah like it 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 was literally in his backyard it was called it was the shed. called the shed at dolwich <laughs> yeah the shed at dolwich. <laughs> dolwich so they they blindfolded the guests they led them into the backyard they sat them down they had a meal or whatever uh and they filmed all of it what they gave the guests were like pre-made meals that they just microwaved or whatever <laughs> and Afterwards, some of the guests were like, yeah, this was great. I, I would definitely come back here. <laughs> yeah, that no, I, I had not heard that story. And uh, I'm not surprised because that's how they, you know, I mean, you can easily game the system now with reviews that way, you know. And it goes bo- in both ways. They get friends to write reviews mm-hmm. and enemies will write reviews saying that they saw a rat, you know. I mean, it's like, ugh. Yeah, no, I like this guy before he started his fictional restaurant, his like job or like one of his side jobs or whatever was to write reviews for other restaurants for like 10 pounds per review or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, it reminds me, you know, when I when I, I was in Prague um, doing a, a thing with Radio Free Europe for a week and uh, I, and they were still, this is, oh gosh, this might have been 2008 or 2009. And they were, you know, still figuring out this whole world of like food blogs and restaurant reviews. And it was funny talking to a guy uh, there. And he said that a lot of the, you know, uh, the problem with restaurant reviews is they often go in ahead of time, letting the restaurant know there are a reviewer so they can get, you know, uh, a free great meal. And then they write about it and they think that that's perfectly fine. And there was one guy, he said, who said, oh, no, but we do ours completely different. We're completely legitimate. We don't tell them uh, that we are food reviewers. So they give us the real food. And then after we get the bill, we tell them, oh, by the way, we're a food reviewer. Do you still want to have us pay? And so <laughs> see if they can get a free meal. And it's like, oh, and that's perfectly fine. you know. So. <laughs> I could go to a restaurant and get a meal and be like, hey, you know what? I'm a food reviewer. Yeah, no, it's terrible. And uh, I mean, I've gotten a lot of amazing free meals at some really terrific restaurants, especially in New York. Uh, But it's always on the condition that I'm not writing a review of the restaurant. I'm like interviewing for some other tangential thing. And so I'm like, oh, I want to ask his opinion about so-and-so. And if they want to give me a free meal, that's fine because I'm just interviewing you about something unrelated per se. And I'm not saying, please come to this restaurant, but man- one last question, uh, and we we are not getting paid for this. Neither what? neither are we. I don't know if you know that anymore. None of the guys. No, we're not we're for the sub beacon. Uh, we don't. We we don't. One see of you that. mentioned that last week. I think it was. Yeah, Sunny. it might have been Jonathan. Maybe Sunny. <laughs> this is the times that we live in. But anyway, go ahead. It's a labor of love, as as what you guys do. 
Thank you. We appreciate it, Vic. What is the best restaurant that you have dined at? Oh, gosh. Uh, that would probably have to be Daniel in New York City. Daniel, uh, Daniel Boulud, B-O-U-L-U-D. Uh, that is the flagship. That is the four-star New York Times. It used to be a three-Michelin star restaurant, and I think that he only gets two now because he's not uh, as innovating, let's say, as uh, Eric Repair in Le Bernardin. And I've been to Le Bernardin. Le Bernardin is you know, supposed to be the greatest restaurant in New York, right? It's French. It's seafood. It's, uh, uh, and it is amazing. Uh, but I just love if you if you're into sort of old school French, most a lot of people aren't. You know what I mean? I I, I like the old stuff. People like new, hip, trendy stuff. I mean, then there, then there are other places you can go to. Like back in the Momofuku was like the new place to go to. But Daniel, which is located, oh, between Fifth and Madison, and I think in the 50s or the 60s, that is a food temple. And if you ever get a chance to go up there when all this is over um, for a special occasion. You should definitely do it. It's really something. Well, JVL has assured us this will never be over. A great yeah. depression is coming, <laughs> and we're all going to die. I, I, I like how someone, I don't know if it was in, in what group chat it was, but they asked if, like, is JVL playing a character, <laughs> or is he actually this, like, uh, pessimistic about the future? And I read that, and I was like, Yes, yes, he is. Like this, this yeah. is who JVL is. Uh, what what you see is what you get. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's no, that is no act. But I mean, people, you know, I mean, when we used to do the the Free Beacon Write and Writer podcast, and people used to ask that about Aaron Harrison all the time, is he real? <laughs> and and I used to and 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 I, you know, I was like, oh yeah, believe me. But Aaron would always say, keep him guessing. Don't tell him. Keep him guessing. You know. Uh, but JVL is definitely way. You know, I mean, it's it's like podcast is therapy. You know, because he could just sort of exercise certain spirits and, and angst and whatever you're feeling at that time. But that goes for all three of us. Vic, I don't, I don't know if if you're like Sonny, who doesn't listen to other podcasts, but um, I don't only because I when do you guys listen to podcasts during the day or if you were all the time? All the time. <laughs> like, I, so, OK, I wear headphones and stare at my family. I don't even listen. I used to. to want, <laughs> I mean, that's a good strategy. I used to. Um, listen to our own episodes to see what we're getting right and not getting right in order to make it better. And at some point in time, I stopped doing that. Uh, and then uh, the first podcast I ever listened to, I think was the Larry Miller show. And I love Larry Miller and he was, a, he's a good friend. He's, 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 yeah. And he's a great guy and a friend. So, uh, and I learned a lot. I picked up a lot of uh, things just from him. If, sometimes you'll hear me uh, when I, with the way I talk and, and they're just picked up from Larry and, and he had great advice. And so did Mike Murphy about what to do, like, you know, and by, you know, sponsored by, uh, and, you know, and, and then, you know, and, and segments elements, you know, so, I mean, he does the joke of the week or this of the week, and then they move on every week elements because people, you know, even if they don't realize it, uh, subconsciously, they do expect, you know, not a free for all, but rather like this segment followed by the next segment, followed sure. by the next, and then and then resolution. And so um, that's that. You know, uh, I learned from that. But you know, my commute now, I, I don't go into the city anymore. Uh, and even before the quarantine, I'm only now four miles from the office. So you know, I would st- if I start a podcast, I mean, it's like ten minutes, and then that's it. And your your workouts are well, even if they're in the house, they're. Not Emma Lovell. Who? Who? What's her name oh, now? Just yes. King. Just yes. King. Just King. Just King. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So and I, she's, I, talking, I, she's talking to you the entire time. The whole. She talks you through the whole thing. 
the whole she, even if you don't leave the she house talks you right off all right so uh so, no, no, no 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 i i asked for a reason um uh, if you listen to podcasts because um if you're ever feeling too happy or too optimistic just listen to the secret podcast with jonathan and sarah and and you'll yeah it'll, you'll it'll help with that yeah. you'll feel better or worse oh my gosh like gvo will convince you we're like the oh. world's ending <laughs> okay thanks thanks for the tip all right just the tip <laughs> We are starting to run out of time uh, on this episode. Uh, Vic Maris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having I'm so glad to finally be on the show. I was wondering what I was missing out on, and now I know. Uh, Chris, Ryan, do you have anything else that you want to tell the listeners before we quit? Okay. Uh, Happy Coronatide. We don't know when we will be back because I have some traveling to do, but good night and good luck wherever you are. An hour, yeah. Thank you, Vic, for two and a half hours or three hours or wherever half. we are. That was two and yeah. a half. This, this is going to be a double or triple episode. Where, where, where is everybody? Location wise, so it's Ryan. You're in Austin, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know this. You're in Phoenix. Yeah. I keep on thinking Urbana, but I know that's I just where you there. went to yes. school. I was yeah, there, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So you're all the way out there, man. I don't know, Ryan. It's kind of nice out there. In uh, not Ryan. I mean, I love Austin, but I mean, um, I'm going to Thomas about being in phoenix versus going to to I europe mean, phoenix I, is nice. yeah no like, kidding we don't go to bars or clubs anymore because they're all fucking yeah. closed so oh all right okay so you're gonna go to the place where they have no restrictions and just get coronavirus i am going to the place where i can go ice fishing and until july i love i love the scrub i mean i've been to arizona that's why so i like that i've been to austin but i love the scrub brush because i don't know it's good the air is better for me what weren't you mm. and uh weren't you and uh, scottsdale i was there with mike warren yeah we yeah, yeah a funny yeah. adventure there it's where we both we both ended up at the same massage thing at the same time <laughs> i walked in the lady said the lady said the lady said oh you it's great we only have one customer left we were both giving speeches at the same place and I said, oh good there's only one guy left i walk in and there's Mike, and we're both wearing these ridiculous terry cloth robes and nothing else, you know. And I see him, and Mike is very funny because he 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 sees me and he just, he just he looks at me, he just goes, "Hello, Victor," and I said, "Mike." And then of course, he, his appointment, he beat me out on the appointment, so he's in there, and I can hear like, "Oh yeah, that feels good." Oh yeah, I'm like, "What is going on?" And then I go, and then, and then he's done, and he looks very relaxed, you know. And then and then I go in. And I'm like, dude, the thing that the, the thing is still the table's still warm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm and sure it's this, fine. this is an inter- interesting yeah, sure contrast between I don't want a Robert Kraft now. 